Well, as we um, gathered here today to partner and to, to pray with these wonderful families that were bringing their um, kids in to be dedicated, it couldn't have come at a better time because we're actually finishing off this morning a series. Here at Connect, we tend to do our teaching in series. We'll follow a, a subject from several weeks at a time and really kind of dig deep into it. And uh, this series we've been doing over the last few weeks has been called Losing Your Marbles. So if you're visiting here this morning, the idea behind this phrase here of losing your marbles is that um, imagine with me, if you would, a jar of marbles. And imagine that that particular jar of marbles had 936 marbles in it. That would be a very significant number because 936 represents the amount of weeks um, there are from the time a child is born, the time a baby is born, through to the time they graduate high school and move on with the next phase of their life. So we've been talking about the fact that um, whether we like it or not, those 936 weeks are going to come and go. And every one of us, whether we're a parent here this morning or a grandparent, whether we're an uncle or an aunt or a neighbor or a friend, we we have the opportunity to impact the life of a child throughout those 936 weeks. So we've been talking about that over the last three or four weeks, and we've been talking about you know, the different stages, and I know that different people have, have connected to different jars, and some jars are half empty, some are still pretty full, some jars are completely empty. But this morning, we've, we've got to pray with eight different families, four in this service and four in the previous service, all of, all of whom's jars are, are full to the brim. They have just got started. There's just weeks worth of marbles. Just, just a handful of weeks of marbles have disappeared so far. And I know that um, out in the rest of the audience this morning, we have people looking on who are at different stages. Some are looking back, remembering those days from long ago. Because you're now parents of teens, or maybe your parents have grown kids. Maybe you're out there now and you've got grandkids. And you can't believe how quickly your jar emptied. I actually was just with a father last night at a, at a party I was at, and, and we were chatting, and he was telling me about his two grown daughters, how they're both married now, and, and one's got kids of her own, and, and uh, I was telling him about this series we're doing. He goes, oh, Dave, he goes, I've got to tell you, my, my daughter's growing up, that was the best time of my life. Having my kids and watching them grow up from the day they were born to the day I, I handed them off to be married, it was the best time of my life. And maybe you're here this morning and you could agree with that. You'd say, that's where I'm at. And, and it really was the best times of our life. I love being in this dedication service and watching the grandparents standing around their, their own kids with their kids. And I love that look in their eyes of, of pride and knowing now I can pour into another generation. I can make an impact in this child. And you know what? I can give this child back at the end of the night. It's great. And I can sleep in peace. So maybe you're coming this morning and you're at that stage of life. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're in the same stage of life as these couples are. I recognize you out there. You're the ones that kind of have that sleep-deprived look, spit up on your shoulder every shirt you wear. You know, you're that, that young family who's just beginning. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're the young couple Or you're the single person who's like, I'm not there yet. And this is why we're getting a dog. This is how I feel right now. I'm I'm happy to wait just a little bit longer there. 
And even as we've gone through this series, I've been aware and, and I'm trying to be sensitive to the fact that maybe there are some here this morning that want to be there, but the time hasn't come yet. And we're praying that, you know, finding a, a partner or, or, or finding a spouse or, or together, have, that God's timing, we would have a child of our own. Maybe there are situations here where there's a disconnect between you and the child in your life or maybe even a loss with the child in your life. And this can be a difficult time and we, we try to be sensitive to that. But this morning, all these families that came and had their child's dedicated, you are in for a great time because your jar is full to the brim. And what you're going to find, you know, is, as young families here this morning, is that especially if this is your first child, there, there are tons of advice people are going to want to give you. Everyone's got some advice that they're going to want to give you. So, some are going to say, you know, you need to just let them sleep whenever they want. Just let them sleep whenever they want. Just put them down and they sleep for 10 hours. Brilliant. Sleep for an hour. You'll have others. You've got to get them on a schedule. You wake that baby up. I don't care if he looks tired. You get them on a schedule and you wake them up when they need to be woken up. Then someone might say, yeah, they won't go to sleep. Here's what you do. You put them in the car seat. You just drive around. They'll be asleep real quick. I had someone tell me this. No, no, no. Don't do the driving thing. You put them in the car seat. You put them on the dryer and start the dryer running. Just that, that, that motion, that baby will fall asleep. Seriously? I, do you know what? When it comes to advice, I can remember a guy telling me, Ben, he's my oldest, so this was like 14 years ago. I can still remember it. He said, hey, if he's fussy, here's what you're going to do. Works every time. Hold him like a football. Like, what? He says, yeah, hold him like a football. It's the best thing you do. I'm thinking, I think that's the dumbest advice I've ever heard. I mean, number one, I'm terrified that anything I do wrong will break this, okay? So holding it like a football just sounds incredibly unsafe. And second, where I come from, football's different, okay? I, 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 I play a different kind of football. My football, only one guy gets to hold the ball, okay? That's the goalie. And he doesn't hold it very long. As soon as the goalie's got it, he bounces it a few times, and then he kicks it down the field, so there's bad advice to give me, okay? Especially on those, those nights where he just won't stop crying because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> but everyone's got different kinds of advice, haven't they? Try this, try that. Don't do this. Oh, do do this, you know, and, and all sorts of advice that we get given, don't we, as parents? And some can be good and some can be bad, but the reality is every child is different. What may have worked for this family is not going to work for this family. I had three kids, and um, I've still got three kids, and uh, all three of them, different things worked. So advice is great and well-intentioned, but I want to give you some advice this morning. As new families, I want to give you some advice from us here at Connect Church that I actually feel um, can be advice that any of us can take this morning, whatever stage of life we find ourselves in. And this advice for you young families that have um, been part of our baby dedication service, you've already got to hear this. Because here at Connect, we don't just pray here at the front. You've got to experience just part of our baby dedication process. In the weeks leading up to this, our young families have had homework they've had to do. They've had videos that they've had to watch together as a couple. There's been assignments and cards that they've had to turn in with their answers. This morning, after praying with them, we gave them all a gift so that they can continue on in this process and, and continue on in this baby dedication idea. And throughout this whole process, there was one piece of advice that we gave every one of these families that we'd like to share with all of you this morning. 
It's a piece of advice that I think is true for every child and can be followed by all of them, whatever stage of life they happen to find themselves in. And it's this. Begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Right now it's brand new. And you're looking at this baby and you're like, I don't know who he or she will become. I don't. But, but start to ask God now. Say, God, who do you want this little guy, this little girl to grow up to one day become? God, I want to start to, to believe who I want this, this child to one day become. Because I can then, as we've been talking about in this series, Losing Your Marbles, I can actually then help make decisions and make choices and, and put things into this child's life and protect this child from things that will help them become who I believe one day he or she should become. Because I want to start thinking now. I want to have a target for who I want this boy or this girl to one day become. I want to begin with the end in mind. And you might say, well, Dave, that sounds really difficult. And, and it is. But I think it's possible. I'm inspired when I think of this idea by an artist by the name of Michelangelo. Now, some of you may have heard of Michelangelo. Some of you are like, I think that's a ninja turtle. It was, but before he was a turtle, he was also an artist as well, okay? And Michelangelo was, was famous for his ability to sculpt. I think that's the correct use of that word, sculpt. I'm getting a nod from my artist expert in the audience here. So um, he sculpted, and um, he, he had this wonderful phrase for which he's known. Listen to this, what he said. He said, in every block of marble, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I have only to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other eyes as I see it. The other eyes as mine see it. So what Michelangelo is saying is, you know, when you look at this lump of marble, when you look at this huge block of marble, all you see is a rock. But I see something else. I see what that can become. I see um, uh, a work of art ready to be created. And Michelangelo, one of his most famous works of art you may be familiar with, can be seen in a museum in Florence in Italy, and it's called David. Let's pull that picture up there if we can. Now, we had to um, <laughs> censor it a little bit just for the family sense of the service this morning, and I showed one of my leaders here, and he says, you know, when it comes to marketing, you really want to be careful where you put your brand, you know, what you associate your brand with. So he said, I wouldn't use that one, so we, we, we pulled up this picture instead. There we go. So um, Michelangelo's David, you can see this for real in full glory if you were to go to Tuscany in Italy. He is famous for this statue that he, he formed out of a block of marble. And I love that idea that Michelangelo saw this before he even tapped the very first hammer and chisel stroke in that marble. And when we talk about the idea of beginning with the end in mind, we're talking about looking at this child and saying, God, I believe you see in my child, I believe you see in the child in my life who he or she one day will become. I don't see it right now. I just see a small infant who's, who's kind of crying and, and, and eating and, and pooping, you know, and that's all I kind of see right now. But God, you see something that maybe I don't yet see. So we encourage these families to begin with the end in mind. Start to ask God, who do you see this child one day becoming? And help me as a parent guide and lead this child in that path. You know, the very guy who this statue was based on, 
is a character in the Bible. His name is David. Michelangelo did this sculpture of David. And you have heard of David. He was the young man that one day slew Goliath with a slingshot on a stone. He went on to be a king, and he's, he's very famous for what he did as a king. But you know, another thing that David is famous for is he wrote these beautiful songs. These songs and these poems that you can find in the Bible in a book called Psalms. And one of the psalms that David wrote is one of my favorite psalms. It's, it's Psalm 139. I'd love to read it all this morning, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to read a, a short part of it. Listen to what David said when he was talking about the idea of life. Talking about the idea of, of destiny, he says, you, he's talking to God here. This is a song he's written to God, like the songs that we sang this morning. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. David is writing this beautiful poetry saying, God, you are amazing and, and you knew who I would one day become. You saw the destiny. You, you didn't just see a block of marble. You saw the statue that one day you would shape me to be. And we're encouraging these young families here at the front and every family that's here this morning. If there's a child in your life, God, who do you want me to help that child, that teenager to one day become? Because I believe God has destiny and purpose for every one of us. So one of the, the, the homework assignments that these families had was they had to write down not what they wanted their children to become, but who they wanted their children to become. So not what they want them to become, but who they want them to become. So instead of writing down something like teacher, engineer, doctor, NBA star, uh, whatever it is that you want your son or daughter one day to grow up to be, they wrote down, and these are phrases I pulled from their cards, always serve God wholeheartedly, compassionate, trustworthy, loving, honest, brave. So what I got to do this morning as a pastor was I had a copy of their card. So as I was praying with these families, I was praying specifically. These, these are some wishes that mom and dad have for this child. They, they would love to see this young man and this, or this young, this young woman grow up to become someone who is honest, someone who's trustworthy, someone who's brave, someone who has their own relationship with God. Because they were beginning with the end in mind. It's more important for these families this morning um, who their kids become than what they become. So how can they as parents help this come to pass? How can we all this morning help guide the kids in our lives to become who God created them to be? We've talked a lot about this over the last several weeks through things like time and words and tribes and love. But I want to go back to the uh, uh, early parts of the Bible here and share something as a plan that Moses had for the people of Israel. But I actually think it's just as relevant today as it was back then. So Moses has, has led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. So you've got these million people that are kind of moving through the wilderness. And Moses has been kind of um, called up by God to lead these people. And one day he stands before all of them and he, and he sends this word out to everyone. And, and you can read it in a book in the Old Testament called Deuteronomy 6, um, verses 5 through 9. He says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. He's saying this to the people. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. 
But not just that. There's not just a responsibility for you, what you have to do. There's another responsibility. I want you to repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorsteps, doorposts of your house and on your um, gates. You know, I think that's great advice even for us today, not just for the people of Israel, but even for us today. Because basically what Moses was saying here was, look for moments in your everyday lives. Look for those just normal moments where you can lead your kids, where you can lead the kid in your life in the ways of God. Now, you might be here this morning and say, well, I, I, I get that, but I'm not a pastor. In fact, that's why we come to Connect each week, because we, we want our kids to understand the things of God, so we bring them to church so that, you know, you can do that for us. And that's great. We love that you do that, and, and we want to do that. We've got some people who come early every Sunday and, and stay late on Sundays and, and who work hard and prepare so they can spend the time that you're in here with your children out there, teaching them about God and about the Bible and about the plan that he has for their lives. And they love doing that. They don't do that out of a sense of duty. They do that because they love kids and they love investing in the lives of kids. But the reality is they get to do that for one hour a week. One hour a week. Who gets to spend time with your kids, the kids in your life, for all those other hours? It's you. It's you as parents or you as grandparents or uncles or aunts or even the teachers and the coaches that are in this room this morning. You get so much more time and so much more influence in the lives of these children. And that's why I think the advice Moses was given to the people of Israel is great for us today. Because you see, when Moses was talking to them, he wasn't talking to the priests. He wasn't talking to the spiritual leaders. He wasn't talking to the, the church kids directors. He wasn't talking to the small group leaders or the teachers. He was talking to the people, the parents, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts. He was saying it's your collective responsibility to help lead these kids day by day to know who God is and the plan he has for their lives. So maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, actually, Dave, I get that. I'm okay with that. But how can I lead my kids in this stuff? This is kind of new for me. You're saying I have to lead my kids in this, but I'm still trying to figure this out. And we get that. So as Connect, we want to help you in that. We have resources like God Times. It's a sheet that your kids, if they're in K-5, through get to take home with them. We email parent cues and placemats. But there are small things that you can do as a family. You can pray together at bedtime. You can pray together over a meal. You can talk to your kids. If you've got younger kids, they, that's a great opportunity to pray with them at bedtime, pray with them over meals. Maybe you've got middle school or, or high school age kids. If that's the case, it's looking for those teachable moments in their lives. Because they'll come. There'll be a teachable moment for you as a parent or a grandparent. You'll, you'll be in a discussion. You'll hear that maybe the kid didn't get picked for the team. Maybe he or she is facing issues with a bully at school or, or you've even discovered that they're bullying someone at school. And this now becomes a teachable moment for you as, as mom or dad or, or grandma or grandpa. You could say, you know, Jesus talks about this. Jesus actually talks about loving our enemies. He actually says at one point, we should love for and pray for our enemies. That's really tough, isn't it? But that's what the Bible says. 
You know, as you share this, sometimes you may have a teenager who kind of rolls their eyes and was like, yeah. But they're getting to hear what the Bible teaches. James teaches us. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It could be as simple as sharing a story of something that God's doing in your life. Maybe over a mealtime, it's just telling a story. Do you know we were praying for that last week? Our prayers were answered. You know, this happened. And, and your kids hear about things you're praying for. They hear about prayers that have been answered. They th- hear about different things that are going along and how you, as a follower of Jesus, are, are striving to live that way. But the first step, whether you feel qualified or not, is just to be intentional and say, you know, I'm not going to just assume that the church can do all this for me. I'm going to, like Moses said to the people, I'm going to take that responsibility to try the best I can to be a light and to be an influence in the life of my child. Because if you really care this morning more about who your kids are going to become than what they're going to become, then the advice Moses gave to the people of Israel is great advice for us to follow today. You see, if we want them to grow up to be wonderful adults, full of integrity and other characteristics, we need to begin with the end in mind. You know, Michelangelo, he knew that that lump of marble, what it could look like. So for him, every, every tiny tap, every, every hit of the hammer and the chisel, thousands of hours of, of chipping away and smoothing and everything he did, every single unique thing he did was, was taking him one step closer to that finished statue. And you can go now to Florence in Italy and see this beautiful statue, David, and think, man, hundreds of years ago, someone spent thousands of hours just tapping away and chipping away but every single little thing counted everything mattered because it all led to what i now see this beautiful work of art in front of me nothing we do is insignificant everything we do every word we say every every moment we spend with a child letting them know how important they are it's like michelangelo it's like another tap it's like another just helping to shape the kids into who we want them one day to become so for us as we as we begin to bring this marvel series to a close today i want to just have one last closing thought if i could one last closing thought on this, this whole idea of this series. Because I think this morning for many of us, this, this series, the idea of these marbles, it's challenged us to do more. It's, it's motivated us to think, I want to spend more time. I want to be more intentional with the time I have. I think there are even teachers and coaches here who, who during this series have thought, you know what? I think God has given me this, this group of kids. I think God has given me this, this group of athletes that I can impact their lives. Maybe they don't have a great home situation, and this is the only opportunity they're going to get to see the love of Jesus, experience the love of God through me in this situation. But for all the people that have been inspired during this series, I know that there are some that it's caused a little regret. And I want to take a minute here as we close out this series to talk specifically to you. Maybe your parents here in the room this morning and you you know the responsibility that you have and I know the responsibility you have. It's enormous. Most parents I know worry about whether or not they're doing a good job. A lot of parents believe that God brings children into the world perfect. And it's our job to do as as little as possible to mess that up. 
But the reality is they started perfect and, and everything we do has the potential to take them further and further away from that. Because we've already accepted we're going to mess things up. We're going to make mistakes. Parents, I stand with you here this morning as someone who says, you know, there are times we'll make colossal mistakes. There'll be times that we'll have relational shortfalls with the kids in our life. We may fall on our face more times than we count. We feel like sometimes we're in the middle of this parenting journey and it just seems we can't do anything right. It always ends in arguing, fighting, and relational breakdowns. You love the idea of this series, but you're asking, where have the last 15 years gone? Is it too late for me? Have I already gone too far down the wrong path? I want to close out this series this morning speaking to you. If that's kind of echoing in your heart this morning, I want to tell you it's never too late. And don't just take my word for it. I want to share the advice of somebody who is an expert on this. His name was Peter. Peter was a follower of Jesus. He made tons of mistakes. He was making relational shortfalls left, right, and center. But he wrote some of the most reassuring words you'll find in all of the New Testament. He wrote a letter, 1 Peter 4, 8, and he says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. He said, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. If there was ever someone who was qualified to share this, it was Peter. Do you know, in the moment Jesus needed Peter the most, right before his death, Peter denied even knowing him. He let down his best friend. Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples. And Jesus denied even knowing him. Sorry, Peter denied even knowing him. But we know that Jesus died and and he came back. He rose again on, on the Easter Sunday. And he came back and he did what? He showed Peter love by forgiving him. He came back and, and Peter visited, sorry, Jesus visited many of the disciples after he rose again, but he spent some time alone with Peter. He says, I know what you did. There was a moment where, where Peter and Jesus were alone, and, and, and I think in that moment, Jesus just kind of communicates to Peter, listen, I know what you did. I know you messed up, but I still love you. I still think you are awesome. I still believe that you have destiny and purpose, and you can do great things with your life. So what kind of impact does that have on Peter's life? Well, if you read a book called Acts in the New Testament, you'll read all about Peter. He picked himself up and and he went on to help establish the church and, and do amazing things. He was instrumental in building the first church because he knew the power of love. He wrote about it. Love covers a multitude of sins. And as we look at the areas in our lives where we've dropped the ball, maybe we've dropped the marble with the kids in our lives, it would be easy to be disappointed, to live with regret. And this series could have made you feel even worse, but none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. And as we learned last week, we have the opportunity to love the kids in our lives. So maybe we need to have a conversation with a child or the teen in our life that sounds a bit like the conversation that Jesus would have had with Peter. I know what you did. I know you messed up, but I still love you. I still think you're awesome. I still believe that you have destiny and purpose and can do great things with your life. Peter knew Jesus. He knew what Jesus stood for. He knew what he believed. He knew he'd done wrong. He felt terrible. He knew what he deserved. He probably was expecting a rebuke from Jesus, but instead, he got love. This was Jesus showing what God's grace looks like. 
God's grace that he still wants you to experience today. We don't deserve to stand before God, but because of God's grace, because he sent Jesus, we can come before him this morning, wherever we are, whatever kind of mess our lives are in. Love had a greater impact on the life of Peter than a stern rebuke ever could have had. So much so that years later, we hear Peter write in this phrase, love covers a multitude of sins. Love makes a difference in the lives of those around you. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you're here and in this series, you find some regrets. You look back at, at kids who, who maybe still are teenagers. Maybe they're, maybe they're grown now. And you wish you could do something different. I want to tell you this morning, it's not too late. Love can cover a multitude of sins. That's what Peter said. It's not too late to show that love to that child. Maybe that child is an adult now. It's still not too late to show love to that person in your life. Maybe it's just reminding them. Maybe it's reinforcing to them how much they mean to you. So whoever you are this morning, a brand new parent a parent-to-be, a grandparent, maybe you're a coach or a teacher. If this is series has inspired you to be more intentional in the life of the child in your life, we're going to close together this morning with a prayer. It's a prayer that we're going to say together, and, and, and you are welcome to, to speak the words of this prayer. It'll be on the screen here in a second. You can listen along as I pray, and at the end you can say Amen. But it's a prayer for every one of us, whether we're a brand new family here this morning with a new infant, maybe we're grandparents this morning, our kids are all grown up. But we desire to have an influence in, in, in the people in our lives. I'm actually going to put this prayer on Facebook this morning because some of you, I think, are going to pray this and you're going to think, man, that's a prayer I'd like to pray every day. That's a prayer I would like to pray for the next couple of weeks because I really want to just get that inside of me. I really want God to answer that prayer in my life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the words of this prayer up on the screen. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. You can speak it out loud if you like where you're sitting and speak along with me. You can say it in your heart. You can just listen to me and say amen. But let's pray this prayer together this morning. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change about how our parents treated us and how we've chosen to treat the children in our lives. Give us the courage to change the things we can with the children that we love. Living one day at a time, help us to enjoy one moment at a time with the children you have placed in our lives, recognizing our responsibility and our blessing. Help us to accept the hardships we face and the hardships that the children we love face. Help us to accept them as the pathway to growth and maturity, trusting that you, God, will make up the gaps when we get it wrong and that you will heal the hurt where others have done wrong to us. Grant us a heart of wisdom. And help the children we love grow also in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.